motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Right, then uh, we'll move on to our segment three for this week, which is um, our dream bookings. Um, I think it's probably the best title for it. So um, both Carl and I agreed earlier this week that we would each um, list five, as as we do in our typical fashion. We'd each list five. Um, and this week it's going to be for for matches or bookings we'd like to see. Um, so this can be any sort of thing, you know, dead or alive, any promotion, whatever, just something you would have liked to have seen that you've either never seen or, you know, that you'd like to see happen in the future, maybe anything like that. Um, so you're all right if I kick off, Carl? Yeah. Awesome. So the first one, um, I want to list, and this is sort of what sort of brought the segment up for me because I was uh, I was intrigued by it and I thought that would be a good booking. Now, um, are you familiar with Tamatonga? Yes. Good. Um, for those of you who aren't <laughs> familiar with Tamatonga, because both Carl and I um, admittedly don't really follow New Japan, don't really follow the Indies, so it, it's an odd one for me to bring up. But he's a fellow that I've been looking at recently because I saw an interview with him um in which uh they were say basically they were interviewing him about how life works for for new japan there's a lot of touring there's a lot of it's a different lifestyle out there um and i believe this was with um cultaholic i think it was uh, correct me if i'm wrong but one of the, the, the major youtube channels for for wrestling um so it got me intrigued by by him um now he's very big in new japan at the moment he currently wrestles with his brother who apologies his name escapes me uh parts of um they are Gorillas of Destiny, I believe that the tag team is uh, the God, um, and they are the basically Tamatonga is he's not strictly the son of Haku, but he is his adopted son. It, Haku is actually his uncle, but the, the you know family lineage and all that. He's he's actually Haku's adopted son. Um, now Haku's a bit before my time, but Carl, you'll remember him quite well, I imagine. Oh yeah. I remember him as Haku, as Meng, as <laughs> various different pseudonyms. So this is I've and um for me this is this has got me looking into the family a little bit as well because Haku apparently is probably one of the toughest bastards going uh, in wrestling. Um there's many a story about him. I, he's a very interesting fella. Me and Carl have talked about doing like a history of series, which um he may end up being one of them because he is a fascinating guy. We've heard things about like um he got maced in the face by the police and didn't flinch. Just totally no sold an actual mace to the face and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's bit off a fella's nose. Um, Eric Bischoff has publicly said that he stayed in WWE way past his t- uh, WWE WCW way past his time because no one had the balls to sack him. Um, <laughs> he's he's just you know a legend for many many reasons. But um, he's made some appearances in New Japan with um, with Tamatonga. So. They have a bit of a family connection. I don't think they're literally related, but it's part of this whole thing where they're all like blood brothers or whatever. Um, but they are connected to the Rain- to Roman Reigns and, and the Anoa'i family as well. Um, so what I'd like to see, my first booking, and sorry, I took a bit of a, a long time to get there, but it's because I think it's, as far as our podcast goes, he's not a, big, not a well-known name. Uh, what I'd like to see is for Roman to ultimately go forward with whatever feud he goes with, comes back, takes on Braun, takes on whoever, and gets the title scene. And then ultimately wins the title and embraces whatever reaction he gets. I imagine, given the current status of Roman Reigns, that it would be a uh, negative one. And I want him to, to embrace that negative reaction. Go with it, be a heel, whatever. Right? But the reason I want that is because I would like to see, as a dream booking for me, um, Tamatonga to sort of join WWE 
and to go straight into a heavy feud with Roman Reigns. Um, and I want Haku there as well because he's the notable name anyway. So he can push it. He can motivate this. He can um, push Tamatonga as the um, you know the, the beast that he is. Um, there's been subtle nods again if you look around on YouTube and uh, Tamatonga sort of admittedly just lightheartedly joked at um, Roman Reigns' little fist pump thing as he's uh, coming down the ring and stuff. So you, you could easily play on this whole sort of family feud sort of thing. Um, and I just think it'd be, it'd be a great way of getting Roman over, but it'd certainly be a great way of pushing um, Tamatonga as a massive star in the WWE if he were to ever do it. Um, so that for me, that's my first one. I'd love to see Tamatonga versus Roman Reigns for the, for the, oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be for the title, but in that sort of picture in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any, any opinions on that, Carl? No, I mean, I think it'd be a nice little build. Obviously, they've got the uh, the lineage. Um, you know, I think they'd, uh, they'd square up quite nicely <laughs> um, against each other. Um, the the only thing, uh, the the only negative for me on it is that he's he's basically like he, he he to me he's a bit like Roman Reigns if Roman Reigns had charisma. So probably not the best for Roman because I think it'd really push that that sort of thing of going, ah, yeah, he's not not that good on the mic, is he, Roman? But um, even so, I think uh, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him turn up in WWE, um, just because it, he's someone who I think I'd be a fan of. But I just I can't include New Japan as well. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Um, so that's my first one. Um, so the next one I wanted to throw back to to our Rumble talk, Carl, because what I'd like to see is um, for Keith Lee to have his. Um, and I want this to be this recent, so um, so this is relevant to right now. I want Keith Lee to to go over Damian Priest. I want him to win. I want him to sort of look badass. I want him to point out that he is um, exactly what he says he is. He's unstoppable, etc. Um, and then I want Roman, Re- Roman Reigns again. Yeah, I want Brock Lesnar's music to hit. And I want Brock to turn up on NXT because fuck it, why not? Main roster people to turn up on NXT anyway. And I want him to go after uh, Keith Lee for the North American title. What I don't want is for Brock to win, but I do want to see that feud. Um, how do you feel about that one, Carl? Do you have any opinions on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think we said uh, during the Royal Rumble. Um, I think you you were very big um, on on the potential of this. Um, I think you suggested it all the way back then as something you'd want to see, and yeah. I think it would would be pretty cool. These guys are um, both like huge monsters, aren't they? So it'd be um, very much like two monsters squaring off would be would be quite good. Yeah. Well, we pointed out in the past, Rome, uh, Brock Lesnar is um, he's big on pushing people when they deserve it. Like we we when. Well, we saw him with Drew. He was, he was, he was all for that. Um, and I don't think he'd have any issue uh, pushing the limitless one. I really don't. Um, so I think it'd be a great bout to see. Uh, it might even only have to be one match, to be fair. Um, but I, I wanted to see some payoff to to that sort of brief interaction there at the Rumble. Um, so I've had to include it in this now as well that I'd like to see. But I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Keith Lee take the win uh, with Damian Priest and retain his title. And then off the back of that memento saying, see, you know, here's the limitless one. Um, that's what that's when I want it to, to happen. I, I need it to be at that precise moment. But I think that would be a great, great booking. Um, I, I, probably very unlikely. I don't know where Brock is these days. I think he's having a lot of time off now. But um, if I could have it, that's exactly what I'd have. Interesting. Um, my next one, this one is a bit of a cheat, I'll be honest, Carl. Because this was something that was booked that just sadly never happened, but I needed to mention it because, uh, and again, I think I've mentioned it in the past, but um, I just wanted to mention the match that never happened being Sting versus The Undertaker. Um, and, you know, as far as dream booking goes, when they were both in the prime, please, 
<laughs> but um, yeah, sadly, this is one I mentioned. I have an affinity for Sting because when I started watching wrestling, I started with WCW, and it was when Sting was was sort of full full crow, as it were. Um, and that was the cool thing that made made me go, wow, wow, this looks cool. This, you know, um, and obviously Undertaker is my favorite wrestler, so um, I've always wanted to see this bout anyway. Um, and we got Sting versus uh, Triple H, but we never managed to get Sting Undertaker, um, sadly, because out of necessity, Sting wasn't wasn't able to. Would you want to see um, um, American Badass Taker or Dead Man Taker? Well, for me personally, and this might be, it's it's I'm a bit up and down to be honest because American Badass Taker is the Taker I started with. So purely from a nostalgic point of view, I'd probably want American Badass Taker. But then when you go for the gimmicks gelling together, it'd make yeah. more sense to be the dead man. Um, the dead man versus full crow sting would be the more logical. You know, they both have that similar thing. You know, sting has that crow music and then suddenly appears and stuff like that. Um, so it has that similar sort of, um, you know, beyond yeah. kind of thing. Um, so it probably makes more sense to be the dead man but um, again, I, I still like the American Badass as much as he's probably not the most popular version of Taker. Just it gets me right in the old nostalgia that one. We could always do American Badass Taker versus a uh, you know Beach Sting before he was the Crow. <laughs> old school, I like, like let's have both face paint Sting. <laughs> have that match, and then we'll have uh, Dead Man versus Crow Sting. Okay, we'll have them all. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Um, a little bit of a cheat that one because it's not something I've come up with. It was a match that was meant to happen that we sadly never got. Um, my next one. Now this one, I'd, I'd love to see these two, but there's no capacity in which we could logically see it because I'd like to see Chris Jericho play off against Drew McIntyre because I, uh, Jericho is an absolute legend and we've seen what he can do. We've seen him elevate people. We've seen him go against um well, CM Punk and all sorts and, and really elevate them when they were on their run, when they were on their rise. And I think it'd be fantastic to see him and Drew. It, but I'd never want to see Jericho at this point in time back in the WWE. Mm. I think he's perfectly suited in AEW. He's got more creative freedom in AEW. Similarly, I wouldn't like to see Drew end up in AEW. Not for anything. You know, AEW is a great company, but Drew's the top of WWE at the minute. So there's no logical way of getting the two together in my head that I'd be happy with because I don't want to see Jericho turn back off in WWE just yet. Mm. But I'd love to see those two um, in terms of a, a, a feud, in terms of a booking. Um, I have no real sort of difficulty or preference of how this is done, but when you see the the creative elements of Jericho and if he's given that creative freedom, um, you know, the, the potential's endless. You know, he, he could play off um, Drew's original sort of you know, exit from the WWE and, and his early years and that sort of thing. You could even mock uh, the 3MB and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? There's so many potentials for the for the way they could play off, with you, uh, play off against each other in a comical way and in a very serious way. And we've seen lately with Drew that he's got that that sort of bit of banter about him now as well. He's, he's definitely improved on the mic. So um, for me, those two, well, I think would be a fantastic one to, to, to see booked at some point, uh, sadly. Again, it'd be a difficult one in my head to to reconcile because I don't I like them both in the promotions that are in. Yeah. Um, would that be something you'd like to see? I think it's something I've never even thought of before. Um, it's mad now because um, I think back to when Jericho was in WWE um, and Drew McIntyre was there at the, like for the first time. I feel like I don't know whether Drew. I mean, obviously he's not, but like I don't know whether it would have been better when Drew wasn't as big. Yeah, I take your points on that. Do you know what I mean? Um, see, I, I look at it where. Some of the best bits of, of recent Jericho in WWE have been dealing with people who were 
on the rise, which I know obviously Drew is the champion at the moment, but he's still on the rise. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I've seen it with like um, Owens was a well-known name and he was on the rise. And then his sort of friendship and subsequent feud with, with Jericho was some of the best work I've seen. Um, uh, again, CM Punk was on the rise when um, Jericho sort of went into that feud with yeah. him. I think he'd do a good um, job of um, elevating Drew. Uh, like, um, you know, I'd, I, th- I, th- I think it's a, it's a good point that, that you make. He, he does have the ability to, um, you know, take someone and really kind of get them over in, in new and different ways. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just one I'd never considered before. So I th- I'd definitely be interested. <laughs> and then the last one for me, um, this is a bit of a, you might not agree with this one. Uh, and this is based on a theory, I suppose, of that. I think the New Day, given more creative freedom, have a lot more about them. And for that reason, not specific booking as a, these people feuding with these people. I would like to see the New Day in AEW. I'd like to okay. see them with, with more creative freedom. I'd like to see them in a much more, for me, a much more stable tag division, a much more interesting tag division. And that's what I see with AEW at the minute. Um, and I, straight off the bat, I'd say, like, given the, the, the comedic elements of both teams, I'd quite happily see them feud with like the Young Bucks for a bit. Mm. You know, um, you could see them like any number. I mean, all right, certain ones wouldn't work too well, like the Butcher and the Blade, you know, that sort of thing. But I think I'd be intrigued to see the New Day with a bit more creative freedom. Um, and they don't be wrong, they've certainly had more creative freedom than most, but everyone is still held down by the uh, the scripting and the rules of WWE. So um, given the way a lot of people, when they've left the WWE, have been able to sort of almost enjoy themselves um, looking at Moxley and Jericho and all that. Um, for me, the last one is—it's not a specific booking per se, but I'm—I'm I'm intrigued to see whether we could get more out of the New Day. I think they've plateaued really in recent years as far as bookings go and as far as the, the creativity of their characters go. Um, and I'd be intrigued to see whether that is a true plateau, or whether they—they they, with given more freedom, they could do something a bit more fresh and a bit more fun with because I actually think the New Day are a really good. Um, well, you could have to call them a faction, I suppose, because there's three of them in mm. it. But um, yeah, I think there's more there, and I think they wouldn't get that in WWE. Yeah, interesting. I guess I've never even thought of them being outside of uh, WWE, to be fair. Um, I, to be honest, I, sadly, I don't think you ever would see. I think they're the type yeah. of people that they'll they'll be there forever. Um, yeah. or they'll retire, obviously, but they're, they're sort of brand loyal in that sense. I don't think they're, they're made in the shade, aren't they? You know, they've got their um, Xavier Woods as good as YouTube. Um, sideline they've now got the New Day's podcast as well so um, the, even outside of the ring they're made with WWE so I can't see them ever leaving but it'd be interesting to see given more more freedom what they would do or what they could yeah. do um, so that was my last one nice indeed so would you like to go for yours Cal? yeah so my ones um, I think I don't think there's any that could I mean there's maybe one or two that could still take place today but a lot of these are like fantasy booking type things um, but um, kicking off with one of my kind of favorite wrestlers of all time, um, Bret Hart. I would have, I would have liked to see him take on uh, Kurt Angle. So for me, you know, this would have been as as a true fan of technical wrestling, this would have been incredible from a technical standpoint. I think um, oh, yeah. both Don't of these, me. both of these, just had like un unbelievable amount of wrestling ability. Um, but also, they were both fantastic on the mic. Now. You know, Kurt Angle, we're quite familiar with all his promos he's cut in the past. And, the you know, he can be hilarious and comedic, but he can be, like, really, um, you know, just compelling as well. Whereas I think, you know, Brett gets a lot of shit for 
for his ability on the mic. A lot of people think that he, he couldn't talk, but really, I just think he's really underappreciated. I, th- I don't think it was within his character to do things that were too kind of silly or, mm. you know, stuff like that. So people didn't really think he had that much range, but I've, I've always thought he's done a fantastic job of, you know, getting segments over and storylines over and, you know, to a degree, he was responsible for the Attitude Era. He was the first one to push Vince McMahon and say this is bullshit and stuff like that on on the mic before Austin got involved. So, you know, he was a bit of a trailblazer in that regard. But right. I can just so see yeah, so it's more just he's, he's always sort of kept to the character he's got rather than not having the, yeah. the sort of skills. Yeah, so I think like, you know, you know, the build-up would be gold. The match itself is like a spectacle, um, technical ability, you know, through through the roof. But then, you know, if you wanted to market it like you had Spear versus Spear, you know, you've got Sharpshooter versus Ankle Lock as well. Well, yeah, to be fair, both um, so, both notable submission holds. I, I, the Ankle Lock, to me, always looks weak. It, Kurt did a good job of putting that over. Uh, yeah. As a move, I've never seen anyone else do it where it actually looks like convincing. But yeah. um, Kurt was always really good with it, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd watch that, to be fair, mate. I, I don't know Brett anywhere near as well as you do. Um, he's slightly before my time. Absolutely love Kurt. I think he's an absolute legend. Um, notably, his, his feuds with Brock Lesnar and John Cena back in the day were both brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be on board for that. And like you say, from a technical standpoint, they're both fantastic wrestlers. Uh, or Brett certainly was. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get that. That's a, a solid first book on that. Yeah, to be honest, of, of all of all five, that one's probably my biggest dream match, I would say. Um, that I'm obviously very disappointed we never got to see. Um, but then next on my list, I had um, another one of my favourites, Mr. Perfect, um, versus Eddie Guerrero. So my, my kind of logic behind this one, again, both fantastically yeah. gifted in the ring, but um, kind of, they were both dirty, dirty players, weren't they? So if you think about it, you know, Eddie was... Lying and cheating and stealing, um, doing everything he can to get by. And Mr. Perfect was very much the same in his early days. You know, he'd he'd uh, distract you, throw throw his towel in your face, and you know, low blow you, slap you, and you know, he he was always kind of a dirty kind of um, guy. But again, he was always um, a fantastic, like whiny sort of uh, heel. I think he would have meshed quite well with Eddie as the you know the kind of lovable um, kind of prankster face, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, so I just think that that for me, you know, for, to my knowledge, they've, they've never faced off before. But that, yeah, that, that would have been fireworks. But yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been fantastic one to see. Like you say, um, from a comical standpoint, I think um, I don't know Mister Perfect too well. I know you mentioned some stuff in the past where, like, going into that perfect gimmick, he'd do stuff that were quite amusing. Um, oh yeah, he'd throw <laughs> a football down the field and then go and catch it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So he's obviously he, he's quite willing to do a bit of the comedic stuff. And we we all know from Eddie Guerrero when he was doing his um, Viva La Raza phase with uh, Chavo and that. Um, you know that was some of his most humorous stuff. So um, yeah, I think I'd certainly be uh, a great one to see uh, from a comedic standpoint and from a wrestling standpoint as well. To be fair. Yeah, um, definitely something that you know would have been incredible. I think, especially when it, it was um, the the later WWE Eddie years. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. uh, Mister Perfect from like ninety ninety one kind of era, where he was like on top of his game, would have been fantastic. Um, and the next one, Chris Jericho makes an appearance in my list as well. Um, Actually, it wouldn't be a list without <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> well, exactly. You could even say the list of Jericho. You could. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for me, um, Jericho versus Roddy Piper. So I just think from a promo standpoint, like, holy shit. The, both oh, of these yeah. guys, 
were some of the finest talkers you'll ever see. Jericho still today, you know, some of his promos were amazing, but Roddy yeah. Piper for me is the best talker ever. Um, so That's the thing. I mean, two... bear in mind, I came into it after Piper's main sort of stay, as it were. Mm. He obviously came back. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but I, I was around when he came back and was uh, managing Sean O'Hare. But, um, you know, for me, like you always go back and you see the classics with um, with Roddy, like the coconut thing and all that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and like you say, he's always been fantastic on the mic. Even in his later years, when he did come back to the WWE, he was still fantastic on the mic. Um, and I think we've all, always both said enough about Jericho. Um, we know exactly what Jericho's like on the mic. And um, yeah, they're both. Uh, it's. I don't want to be unfair to Piper. He, he is out of my era. Um, I won't disagree with your statement that he's the best talker in the biz. I genuinely would give that that title to to Chris Jericho, funnily enough. Um, but it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely one of these two. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, exactly. So I think um, that that just goes to show. Like, uh, imagine the build of this match. Do you know what I mean? It would be everything you could ever want from a, from a build. You know, it would be hilarious. You know, it would be like gripping. You know that it would just be every, everything you could ever kind of hope for. And you know, Piper was no slouch in the ring either. I don't think he was as technically gifted as Jericho. No. Um, but you know, all his matches were still really really good um and he, he was very gifted in in that regard too so i think this this was would have been money you know especially from a build standpoint it would have been gold oh yeah For, yeah definitely um now Jer- jericho is uh, to be uh, he could he could wrestle anyone <laughs> he could pick a random guy off the street and he'd probably still sell me on that fucking match i'll be honest with you yeah. 100%. But uh, um, a solid one, that, yeah. Then my second to last one. Um, so this is kind of crazy to think they haven't really faced off before, but Brock Lesnar versus Batista. Yeah, do you know, I was surprised, actually, when I, when I read this in the notes, because do you know when you feel like that is something that should have happened? Like, it should have happened so much that I'm like, am I sure that didn't happen? Like, I know I've not <laughs> seen it, but did that definitely yeah. not happen? And you're yeah. right, it hasn't happened. Um, crazy. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Batista kind of came in as Brock was leaving his first time in WWE, right? Yeah, they, they kind of ju- just missed. Sadly, were, um... I think when Brock was still there, he was doing his Deacon Batista stuff with uh, Devon, sadly, I think. Yeah. Um, rather than being booked as the uh, the monster with um... oh, shit, Evolution. <laughs> Lost it for a second, yeah. I forgot who they were. Um, well, that's so, it. They both they both came up through the ranks at, at, at like a similar time. They're both part of the ruthless aggression era. I mm. believe they had one match. It was in OVW. I don't know if any footage exists of it, um, right. but obviously it would have been when Brock was part of the Minnesota Stretching Crew, and um, Batista was probably playing his like uh, Leviathan gimmick, where he was like a vampire or whatever. Um, so before he got reformed and found the church, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, as as most vampires. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's crazy that this never happened. They were two of the biggest stars from the ruthless discretion era. Um, mm. It's probably Vince's wet dream when you think about it. Two big muscly men, kind of um, of of that stature, main event stars. You know. Um, oh yeah, it, it, that's definitely the type of thing he'd love. But and it's, um, it's, it's one of them, and I, and I don't mean any disrespect to like Jericho or Piper or Guerrero Perfect or anything like that, but. Um, you know, Lesnar Batista, you see that and you see it as a WrestleMania main event as well. Well, that's the thing. They could book that now and they know it's going to be big money. They wouldn't even have to build up. They could just go, these two are facing off at Mania and that'd be big money. People would want to see it. Well, that's it. It'd have similar vibes. It's like Hogan Warrior when that happened or more recently, Rock and Cena. Mm. Um, it's something yeah, Rock and Cena didn't, like... to be fair, they both put a bit of work in, but Rock and Cena didn't need to, they didn't need to build that booking at all. It was just mm. like two different eras clashing. We're not seeing it. We want to see it. Yeah. 
Um, so. Obviously, they, in this case, it's not two different eras, but I, honestly, I'm surprised we've not seen it before. <laughs> but you're well, right, we genuinely haven't. I didn't know about the OVW match, but I've not, never seen them on the main roster. Uh, well, you're potentially so. potentially going to get even more surprised because the last match I've got on my list is a match that's never happened, which is The Rock and Shawn Michaels. I've no idea Again. how these guys have never faced yeah. off. Like they've been in the yeah they've been in the game at the same time. How have they never faced off? That's unreal. Like, literally, I mean, fair do. Sean was kind of coming to the end of his um, initial stints before he had the back problems in like ninety seven, ninety eight, and that's when mm. the Rock was kind of breaking away from his Rocky Maivia stuff and kind of going into the nation things like that. So, right, I think I think their kind of paths were slightly askew. But you think that's what you know, it is? Do you think they've both been victims of timing? Because like when um, Sean had his sort of second coming it was when um the rock was full hollywood i suppose at that point um yeah i think it's probably timing more than anything um but that being said there, there were there was times when they were both there together so hmm. it could have happened do you know what i mean it was a. Uh, it's like i found out i found out recently that um the rock and bret hart actually did have a have a match um so you can find that on youtube it's obviously when the rock was uh is rocky my via gimmick but Crazy yeah. to think that you know <laughs> the Rock and Bret Hart, which which would have been a dream match of mine, actually has happened. Fair yeah. news, not when the Rock was a big star, but um, I think that's when you have to ad- like adapt dream match because you could go, well, your dream match is there, can't go and watch it, but it's <laughs> well, not, exactly, it's not the Rock, it's Rocky Maivia, so it's it's slightly different. You'd yeah. want to see like the the Rock, the People's Champ versus Bret Hart, wouldn't you? To be fair, yeah, and I think like similar to what we were saying before about Drew and Jericho, I feel like you know if it would have been the Rock you know, built like a brick shit house like he is today with muscles everywhere versus Shawn Michaels, it wouldn't have been as compelling to me. I think this should have been when Rock was a lot leaner, kind of. As, are you thinking the nation or are you thinking people's champ? No, I'm thinking people's champ, but I'm yeah. thinking like, um, not not super early on, but like not late either, like in the middle of that run. I feel like yeah. that that would have, um, <laughs> sounds stupid to, uh, to say it would have elevated him because, you know, he's the Rock, but, you know. He was, so you're thinking uh, around the time, he, uh, like, before he's gone against um, Triple H and, and that side of things, or, or sort of after he's had a few bouts with Triple H, because they had some some long-standing feuds, didn't they? Yeah, so I'd, I'd say probably before he got into the later bulk of his feuds, I mentioned he'd had like a couple in the IC picture with him, yeah. um, but then they kind of they stayed apart for quite a bit after that, so probably the point in between there would have been um, the money. But yeah, just crazy, because obviously The Rock is fantastic on the mic. Sean's always held his own. They're both amazing in-ring um, performers. Um, and you know, Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania, so WrestleMania is where this should have happened. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, that is that is my five. It makes me sad awesome. to think I'll never get to see these, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're my dream ones. And for those listening, this is what I mean when I say that Carl is the authority on wrestling knowledge because <laughs> that they are five fucking brilliant bookings right there. Um, and you know, uncompared, you know, you, you look back into the history of it really well. And um, it's stuff I couldn't come up with, mate. And uh, I sincerely appreciate these lists because uh, I find them educational as well. It's brilliant. It's fun and education. <laughs> um, right. So that is uh, A to the K's Wrestle Talk for this week. So as always, guys, you can uh, you can find us on most all social medias. We are TikTok famous. Um, are. Christopher Daniels will totally agree with that. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube. We are trying to push the YouTube a little bit more now. So um you know, if you could jump on there, give us a like, give us a subscribe, that would be massively helpful. Um, where else are we, Carl? We're everywhere. We're, we're, we're everywhere. Everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> you name it, we're there. 
you name it. And as always, obviously, we we do host a podcast on um, we we use Anchor uh, FM. So if anyone wants to check out Anchor for for hosting their own little show or just check us out on there, that's fine. Um, but we are on pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. We're on on all the mainstays on Apple, um, Spotify. We're on Google, um, a few others. We're on TuneIn. You can you can ask Alexa to to play us. That works as well. Um, we're literally any any means um, in which you can find us. We're there, and uh, any support is always appreciated um and that that is it from us we will see you all next week have a good one